You're listening to the Hammersley Brothers Podcast. If you'd like to get started with three of our best tools, see the link in the show notes. They're free and video training is included. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are diving into Google Ads and some of the secrets inside your Google Ads accounts that you can use to make better decisions moving forward. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hello, Mark. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Another podcast. You said that day. last week. Um, I, well, yeah, I've got to say, well, I've got to say similar greeting. Otherwise, you know, it's, I can't say it in a different language. No. Um, no. Um, what magical topic do we have for the listeners? Google okay. shopping. Google shopping analysis. Analysis. And, um, you know, t- traditionally, I, 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 pick, I don't know, people probably don't know which which one of us have more strengths. So traditionally, I've been the media buyer, and traditionally, you've been the you know more of more of the designer, the the kind of crow crow guy. Um, so probably in this podcast, you can ask me some questions. Well, what's inter- well, fine. interestingly, I found myself talking a lot about Google Shopping. Um, yeah. And and the reason, I mean, when I say recently, I say probably in the last year or two, and it's probably since Pmax came out, um, because prior mm. to Pmax, I, you know, obviously we have used Google Shopping for years and years and years, but yeah, you're right. You 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 were the one who was who was well, you wrote a book on it for starters, so you were. Did. Which I took off the market because it was too confusing. <laughs> yeah, and by the time you'd like, by the time you'd written the book, then Google had just come out with um, smart shopping, hadn't it? And then, and then obviously smart yeah. shopping's now. Well, that was the trouble. Yeah, I would never write a book on Google Shopping again, or, or even Facebook, because as soon as you publish it, it changes. Where whereas our book, which is much more about kind of actually running an e-commerce business. A lot of the principles in that are yeah. green, you know, kind of set in stone. Um, so I'd always write, I'd always write books on e-commerce business rather than so you go, Google and, or Facebook. And that, and that was that was the interesting bit that, yeah. that prior to I think Pmax coming along with Google Shopping, it was really it was much more technical, and it was a lot more mm. like voodoo, and it was all about you know, tiered bidding structures. And I know, I know, I know there are still elements of that in it, but what's been interesting for me is that I've been able to talk and get much more involved in PBACs. And the the interesting thing for me is it tends to be less, less about the, the, the absolute, the way that we're structuring the campaign and more, much more about fundamentally business decisions. Like, um, like should 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 we have these products in the feed at all? Should we be, should we be putting these products in the Google Shopping feed at all? Um, and mm. what's the margin on these on these products? And what's the lifetime customer value? So I, I've really I've really enjoyed it because I know, and a lot of the times in the last probably couple of years we've been brought into ecom brands, and the first thing we're tasked with is is trying to get the same revenue out of a reduced spend. Um, and mm. we're trying to we're trying to improve profit because 
lots of things have changed. You know, cost generally cost of advertising went up. Um, you know, we've got less efficiency. So that was the first thing we did. And the, and the first thing that we would do is we'd go and look at what products were in the feed that had a lower margin and a low life in customer value. And what products that we were we were in the feed that had a higher margin and a higher life in customer value. And and this and the instant the instant thing was is that we didn't want to we didn't want to reduce the 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 cost necessarily, the you know, the recruitment budget. Um we but we wanted to get more out of the same spend. So the first thing was to go into the Google shopping and go, Do you know what? All these products here that have crap margin and a low life in customer value we're actually probably going to pull them out, maybe even pull them out of the feed mm. and put and put them into put that budget into the ones that are our winners or have a higher. And I've just found myself like we talk about conversion optimization and revenue growth and and all the website stuff we can do. Like the conversation around you, what traffic you're driving through Google Shopping. Let's just take Google Shopping. Conversation of driving traffic through Google Shopping and then your conversion rate is massively linked like the the revenue like you can't have a google shopping strategy that, that doesn't then talk to your whole website strategy because obviously if you're driving mm. traffic to the wrong products that have that aren't converting you know it's you know you're kind of doomed to fail so anyway in a nutshell i'm rabbiting on now but in in a nutshell i have found that the conversation around Google Shopping has been infinitely more exciting in terms of the prospects and in terms of what, what I've been doing with it in the last couple of years. And and can I, shall I interview, because we were chatting about, we're working with a customer now, and I think it's quite useful to talk about that particular challenge and what and how we're, how we're applying that logic of looking at the products that we're, put, we're recruiting on and deciding, you know, what to do about it. Do you want to? Do you want to add? Do you want to? You you tell me what you're yeah, thinking. Yeah. Well, let me add something. Go on. Let me add something first because I just wanted to take a step back. So they did. You know, the two big gorillas in e-commerce are Facebook ads and, and Google ads. And Facebook ads, the you can pretty much do a lot of the sale on Facebook. So by the time they come to the site, they're pretty much ready to buy because you've got enough space to show the product. People have been raving about it, all that kind of stuff. If you've done your job well on Facebook ads. That the the website becomes an order taker. With Google Shopping, it's not not Google and Google Ads and Google Shopping. It's not the case. The website needs to make the sale because you've only got a very small place to communicate the brand. You know, you've got a text ad which is three lines, um, and then you've got a Google Shopping ad which is an image and a price and a title, pretty much. And so, uh, conversion rate optimization comes uh, comes a lot more important. So it just it just came up as a point yesterday because. I was talking to someone who'd done some kind of e-commerce course in Australia yesterday, and they very much were lent towards Facebook ads. And they basically said, "Oh, you know, leave the site. Don't need to touch the site. Just go and do some, just go and do some Facebook ads." And you know that 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 strategy is great if you if you you know if your business is in the sweet spot for Facebook ads. But if you're if you're using other types of traffic, you know SEO or um, or Google Ads. That's terrible advice because the the sale needs to be made on the website and you're always going to struggle. And I think any e-commerce business really ultimately should should have multiple channels. I mean, it's an omni-channel structure. That said, you, when you're small, you really want to dominate one channel up until probably you're doing 
you know, like a million or something like that, um, to focus. But that was kind of my step back from Google Shopping and Facebook, just to kind of give people an overview of what we're talking about. And then the next thing I wanted to cover is the layers of the onion, which is face, uh, Google advertising. So inside Google, you've got many um, advertising products. Um, you've got the display network, which is all sorts of websites around the world, which cover uh, carry Google ads. You've got um, in the display network, you've got YouTube, which is huge as an advertising medium. You've got um, uh, Gmail in there, and then you've got Google's own search engine, which is you know where you've got the text ads, and then you, you've also got Google Shopping ads on there. Um, and so those are the main areas where Google will put your ads. Now for e-commerce, the typical way you would do it is usually we see that the most converting is Google Shopping. Google Shopping obviously lends itself very well to e-commerce. Uh, Google Shopping came out after Google Search. For many years, we were pro promoting e-commerce just using Google Search. And quite a few people who we tried on Google like couldn't make it work, particularly like high-end homeware sites, until Google Shopping came out. And when Google Shopping came out, because people could see the price and the image before they clicked, it got rid of people who that product wasn't relevant for, and therefore we only played for the people who it was relevant for. So Google Shopping is usually our first port of call, and now Google Shopping is sits within a Pmax campaign. And a Pmax campaign will not only bid on Google Shopping, but will also try to bid on search and the other ones. But there are techniques you can use to try and reduce the amount of other networks that that campaign uses. And because really on e-commerce, you really want to max out your, your Google shopping. So in this podcast, we're pretty much going to talk about optimizing Google shopping because that's where most e-commerce businesses are and also have potential. Um, and, um, and then it, it basically, if you've got Google shopping maxed out, then you would try some search. You'd max out Google search. So, you know, I, I spent couple of my um, accounts that I manage do a, spend about 200 grand a month, if, if not a little bit more. Um, probably 60% of that is Google Shopping, Pmax campaigns, 40% is search. And then some of those are actually doing some display. But before you go to display on Google, you'd probably want to go and max out Bing, Bing Shopping and Bing Search before you went to Google Display because it's kind of, that will convert better. So that was my little overview. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. It, and I mean, I suppose. Well, it, well, possibly neatly brings brings us on to the possibly the the know, problem with Google Shopping, or, or whether or not this is the this is the way that we look at it is that quite often um, e-commerce brands start off with uh, and 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 stay end up with putting their entire product catalog in the Google Shopping feed. So you sit, you take mm. that button in Shopify or Magento, whatever your platform you're using, and it then pushes your whole product feed into Google Shopping. Like you know, you however many thousands of SKUs you've got in in there, and that that is um, that is fine in some cases, but in other cases, it's a it's a big black hole of mush. And what 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 tends to happen is if you're growing. You know, if you're doing really well and you're growing and everything's fine, 
you're in a boom time, you're like, oh, great, it's all okay. You know, we're getting an overall ROAS of six, um, you know, new customer ROAS of six, and everything's fine. But when when you get stuck, when you can't grow anymore, which happens to us all, and it's, it's completely normal, by the way, that, that you know, that in e-commerce businesses get stuck, um, you've then got to try to improve the return on your advertising. And the first thing you then want to start looking at is, is of these products that are in the feed, do, do, they, dif- do, do they have different margin? And do they have different lifetime customer value? That's what I would start looking at. Mm. You know, so, yeah. and the reason you do that is that if you have got a, a, a product that has got a 25% margin versus a product that's got an 80% margin, which is exactly the scenario that we found last week with an Australian brand that's doing kind of home hobby kind of crafting. You know they've got they've got mm. a, a product that's eighty percent margin and a product that's twenty five and it's literally half the products are eighty percent margin half the products are twenty five and they 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 were all they were in the Google shopping feed but with the same bid strategy across the entirety and it's like well mm. straight away you know you're you're massively losing money on the products that have a low margin. And you were you were massively holding yourself back on the products that have a high high margin, and so you know you, you've got to then decide. Well, do we even bother putting the product? The simplest thing to do is is to not to pull those products out of the feed that are are a low margin. But then you might decide. Well, actually, no, yeah. that it is worth doing that. We still want to put them in there, but we want to control. And that's when you put them into a shep, a separate Pmax campaign with a different bidding strategy which should basically be a higher ROAS for the higher for the lower margin yeah. ones. So I, I think I think I think the, the my overall conversation that I was talking about before is 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 it you know there is a there is a feeling and I think it's it happens all the time. I mean we're working with a business now in um in the UK that's selling online food actually and they're doing I mean they they got up to about eleven million and you know but and they've got i don't know how many skews they've got i don't know maybe a couple of hundred but they're falling into you know maybe six or seven different categories of product and they've 800 800 800, but but they've got absolutely no visibility in terms of what they're spending on what category of product no idea whatsoever Mm. um it's just this black hole of kind of mush and well, let's, go on, unpack that let's a bit. Let's talk about why. Mm. Yeah, so the reason, like, at the beginning, you would put everything in the same campaign. You, yeah. You'd have to, when you're not spending enough money, because uh, optimization is done at a campaign level. For a campaign to optimize, it needs to be doing at least 20 to 30 conversions a month, right? So, like, if you're not spending very much, or you have a really high average order value, then you're not going to get the volume enough to split down. So, you know, it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm just going to start Google Shopping and I split everything down into like 20 different campaigns because you're never going to get the learning within those campaigns. So you're kind of constrained from that side of things, from splitting down. Um, but like the, the, the guy in Australia, 
you know, you know that the, the 80% margin, if you do the, the margin calculator, which is one of our tools, you know, the ROAS comes out, like the recruitment ROAS comes out around two or something like that. Whereas on the 25% margin, the ROAS on that comes around 15, mm. you know, so the, 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 you know, the chances of getting 15 ROAS is probably very low unless Google recognizes that that market has got very low margin and people do it. So for example, in the UK, I've had a look at some people who run uh, PowerTool uh, Google Ads campaigns, and because everybody's in the same boat, uh, their, their ROAS is 20 because they only get 10% margin. You know, PowerTool, people sending DeWalt and stuff, they get 10% mm. margin. I think, that's, I think it's even less. I think it's like Crazy. 5%. I think it's, it's unbelievable. Well, they get, yeah, they get 10% or something like that, and then they get a rebate if they sell yeah. more than a certain amount. Like for certain brands, it's, it, it's kind of like done like that, but it's like really, really hard, uh, and there's not there's not much in it. Um, so like those kind of markets, but you know you what? Know, you typically have to get. 20%. Sorry on that. I would say I'd say that, but then you know within those sort of markets, you know the the, the tools like Dewalt drills, you know the consumables that go with it, like the you know the the bag of screws or the hammer and the you know mm. the chisel and the tools and stuff. Those those have really high margins, um, and yeah. and so you know yeah. like eighty percent margin, and also the you know the potential lifetime customer value of somebody who's buying a Dewalt drill from an online tool merchant, you know it possibly is a trade type product. The lifetime customer value could be really high as well. So there may well still be an argument mm. to be there, and you yeah, know. you're just going to work the Ooh. numbers out. But it was a kind of extreme yeah. example, and. Um, so the, the, if you look at a lot of people's Google shopping, right, a lot of the time you don't have enough data to, you don't really have enough data a lot of the time to kind of do it by product IDs because you, you'll go, oh, well, there's a bit of spend on that. There's a bit of spend on this and all that kind of stuff. But what you really want to be able to do is start at least to be able to analyze it by category. Now, in there's a you know if you go to Google Ads and go to the reporting area there's a there's a pre-built tool where you can look at it by look at the you know the spend and the click-through rate and all that kind of stuff by product ID, but unless you've built something in the feed to say which product each category is in, you're not going to be able to actually look by by category. So one of the first things that I always do is actually um, use one of the custom labels. So there's five custom labels zero to four, which is actually five. Um, and in those custom labels, you can put things that kind of allow you to kind of categorize the products. So, you know, sometimes you might use it for high margin, low margin products. Like say that in one of the labels, you might do what category that product is in. Um, you might put in whether it's a bestseller. Like at the moment, we, we're doing um, one customer has got like a point system. And the point system is higher points for new products and higher points for high stocked products and then low points for the very low stock products. And the idea is that we are going to only bid on, we're only going to have a campaign that goes on to high, high points, which means that um, products that are low stock, which we would sell anyway without advertising, don't get points in that campaign. And products that are new that have got no history in Google have high points and therefore they get some budget spent on them because that's something that Google doesn't do. So that's being used in a custom label. So those products have been labeled as a custom label. And if they've got points, I think it's over like 5,000 points, which won't mean anything to everybody, but 5,000 points is the tipping point when they get labeled as high points. 
and then they automatically get put into a campaign based on on that label so you've got these custom labels that you can start doing stuff with is basically what i'm trying to say um, and you can use tools that sit between shopify and the merchant center or magento and the, the google merchant center um, which are called feed uh, optimization tools and examples of those are data feed watch or shoptimized um, there's loads of them and you can then you can then use those tools to um, put things into different categories now you might have something already in the feed from shopify that you can use this category because it usually does put a little bit in there um, or you might have to have a rule that says any product that's got beef in it in the title or steak or something like that 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 put that into the beef category you know or, or so anything that's got chicken in it put it into the chicken category and then once we've got those categories labeled we can then run reports in google ads based around the custom label and we can start to see like well how much do we spend how much do we spend on chicken for example and what's the roas on chicken overall you know is 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 that um is that good and then you can look at your data and go well you know for a chicken the lifetime value is actually a lot lower than people who buy beef for example and so therefore um we need to have a slightly lower roas target sorry a much higher roas target on on chicken than we do for beef because the lifetime value is not there so it's about having that conversation you can't have that conversation yeah you're blind at the moment what i think what what's what's so, awesome about yeah. it once you've got that basic structure set up you've then got the ability to see exactly why a particular category might be up or down and prior to this you, you know, you're sort of looking at your figures and you're sitting down with your team and you're going, you're looking at the, you know, you're looking at your sales by category and you're like, well, why is, you know, why is this particular category? Why are we not recruiting as many customers in this category? And you, you without, without it, you've got no idea because you don't know what you spent. You know, you, you don't know what you spent per category. And so you can't see the ROAS per category. And straight away, I, I think it's just, it's just really exciting. It's really exciting to be able yeah. to see that. Um, and, and also just being able to adjust it down. I mean, like with our own little brand, I mean, you were saying that, you know, we have a product, we have pillar, you know, pillar cases. And we were like, well, mm. you know, everything was in the feed. All the products were in the shopping feed. And, you know, and then we look at it and go, well, hang on a minute. Well, we're completely wasting money on pillar cases. You know, whereas yeah, it was it was difficult to see. Mm. It was difficult to see because if you look at pillowcases on their own, just in the data, and you go, someone buys pillowcases in the first order, what's the lifetime cost of value? You go, oh, it's pretty good. Lifetime is pretty good. It's only when I said, show me all the people that bought just pillowcases on their first order and nothing else, and then had a look at those people, did I realize that just recruiting on pillowcases was a waste of time because. You, you know, the idea was, oh, maybe someone comes and buys a pillowcase, sees the quality is really good, and then comes back and buys a sheet. But that's, that's not how the buyers work. They just buy the pillowcase because they've got a need for a pillowcase. They've already got the sheets, and then they bugger off, and they never come back. And what's more, when you pull off pillowcases in Google Shopping from, you know, people who've clicked on pillowcases on their own, the ROAS was a lot lower. So I think, you know, we're targeting the ROAS around three for new customers or something like that. And I think the ROAS for pillowcases on their own, once you pull the data out, is 1.7. Mm. 
So we're losing money on pillar cases and the lifetime value is really bad. So right there and then, You've got to know, exactly, because all, otherwise all you're doing yeah. is you're looking at your overall new customer ROAS for the entire Google Shopping channel, you know, so you, therefore yeah. you've got no yeah. idea that there are a load of products here that you're losing, unless you're analysing it on that way. Yeah, yeah, you know? and I think that comes down to our point about working out what the products are that are recruitment products and which ones yeah. aren't. Because well, let's put it this way: sure, which one be... I, we generally say which which products should we recruit on, and which products then would be either average order value boosting products or retention products. So just getting the lifetime customer value up. I mean, basically. Mm. I mean, yes, you've summarised it well. I probably didn't need to add that point, but I, you know, I like to, you know, I feel like you're talking a bit too well, much, just, and I feel it, it, you know slightly left out in the conversation. You need to, yeah. Get... Yeah, justify. Yeah. Well, it, a, a one on Google Shopping was probably going to be me, me talking it's, quite a bit. Because yeah. it's, you know. I, to be honest, I probably spend about a million dollars, probably more. I spend about more than a million dollars a month on Google across everything. Um, and uh, what? still Google. In your life. Not taking me out for in dinner. In your lifetime. No, no. If you look at our, our MCC. Account, I know it's every month. It's but you Google need to make that clear. Account. Every month. Yeah. Oh, every month. Every month. So let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, right? Let's say you are you are looking at somebody's Google Shopping account for an e-commerce business that's doing I don't know. Let's say a couple of million turnover, and they've asked you to analyze the efficiency of it. What do you think? Just go and have a look. Mm. Where would you start with that? Like, what would you be looking at as your go-to, like, things? Let's say you had, you know, half an hour to go and have a look at it. What would you be looking at? So, first thing I always do is go and look at the conversions, how the conversions are tracking to make sure they're not relying on the wrong types of conversions. It's not coming from Google Analytics or anything like that. So, I, I go and look at that and make sure there's no errors in Why there. Why do you do that? Because I want to make sure the data's... Well, if it comes from Google Analytics, because you can import the sales from Google Analytics, they tend to under-report by about 30%, particularly GA4. GA4 is even worse than GA3. Shock. Um, and so there's, you know, you know, you, you just got to look at that because basically you want it to come from the website directly, directly to Google, and you want enhanced conversions set up as well. So because good data in, okay. good data out, bad data in, bad data out. So that's the first place I would look. Then I'd look at the overall structure of the account, so to see what the split between uh, Pmax campaigns was and search campaigns and other things. Like sometimes I'll go in and there's like a new account, and I'll just be spending on display, and I'm like, "Well, what are you doing? It's e-commerce. You know, you shouldn't be even in there yet." Um, so that's what I'm looking at. It's the Pmax campaigns, search campaigns. Then I'll look at the overall ROAS. So I'll be looking at the ROAS on those campaigns as reported in in Google to see how they're doing. See if there's any obvious stuff. It's like, well, you've got that PMAX campaign that's got a four ROAS and you've got your search campaign that's got a two ROAS. Why don't you spend more on your PMAX campaign and drop the spend on your search mm. campaign? It's like just obvious stuff. Like, what, why are you doing that? What's the reason for that? Then, uh, then I'd start, and most of the time e-commerce, like I say, is, is PMAX based, it's Google Shopping based. Then I'll be jumping into the, um, the shopping reports and seeing how I can actually split the data down. Can I see 
think there's usually um, so you go and look at what's in the, in the the custom labels, and most of the time they're blank. But sometimes you do see someone's done some work in there, and you can split things down. The other one you can sometimes split things down is by product type. So in the feed you have these things called product type one, product type two, type product type three, and sometimes they're populated with the categories. I think most of the time for Shopify, they're actually there's a bit in there. So sometimes I can actually use that to see the category split, and I can say, oh, did you realise that you you know you're doing this on this, and this is the ROAS on this category. So you can start to see that a little bit. So that's where I'm looking. And then I'd probably think, well, I, let's get some structure in there so we can see it in a better way. Then I'd probably start um, looking at, uh, so this is this is slightly more, so like, I, then I'd look to, so I'd just go and look at which products have got um, high, really high cost, but never got any sales. You know, so there are there some obvious ones that have spent $2,000 and just never got any sales in the history. And you go, well, Maybe we shouldn't even have that in the feed because it's just, it's getting clicks, but it's never, never selling. Unless it's something that people have to inquire about. So I'd look at that. And then the other thing I'm looking at is, um, it, it's basically what Google wants to sell. So the, like if you order the products by uh, conversions, then you would see like let's say you've got 3,000 products. There's probably 20 products that drive the majority of the conversions in the account. Now those those products are ones that Google has not just traffic for, but a lot of buyers for. And so it's kind of like finding the street with the busy people on it. So you know if you had a shop in a street and it's not got much traffic foot traffic coming past you're not going to get very you're not going to do very well but if you're in you know the oxford street on london you're going to get loads and loads of people walking past so you're looking at you're trying to find within the data where the busy street is and then you look at those products and those products might not necessarily have the roas that you want yet but that's where you want to work because you go google's got huge amounts of volume for these products it's got huge amounts of buyers for these products and therefore, those are the products that I really want to get the ROAS working for me on because that's where the volume is. So it's it, let's say you had a chain of shops in London and some of them, one of them is on Oxford Street and one of them is in the back of beyond, you know, in, in um, Stoke, somewhere where there's, you know, it's, it's Stoke. Where we're from. Oh, in the UK, yeah, one's, <laughs> one's in Stoke-on-Trent and one's on Oxford Street in London. Similar. You, know, you, you would optimise the you'd optimize the one on Oxford Street because it's obvious if the Oxford Street shop wasn't getting the profit that you needed because it wasn't you would go and say well what can we do to make this because you know that's where the money is you wouldn't go and say basically you, you're saying you get more efficiency more bang for your buck if you focus on the ones the winners you go you go with the flow of the river you see where yeah. Are doing. I mean, that's exactly, yeah. you've done that just recently. We were, we were working with a business in, who's just launched in the United States, quite a big UK brand, launched in the United States. Mm. And you were looking at, at performance, because I said to you, look, we want to push this, this business much harder in the United States. Um, should we focus on some, a certain area and push that harder rather than pushing everything everywhere? Mm. And you said, and you started looking at what was doing, what had shown glimpses of doing better. And you said it was the States. 
there were certain states mm. that had shown southern states were doing a yeah lot we did a lot better so mm. therefore it makes sense to focus more on those rather than spreading it across everything everywhere with every product all over the place yeah and obviously you can do the same thing by device type can't you and days of the week and times of day and it's like there's there's everything isn't there? there's all sorts of things that you can do yeah but then the, the thing is about like you're saying about pm access you can't now choose that by default so mm. whereas we had a lot more control over things before we could say we want to do bidding different on different days and all that kind of stuff and we want to do um bidding in you know certain areas we're going to bid more and stuff that's all gone now you, you have to have a campaign per per, per the areas you want to target yeah. like pmax campaign so so it's slightly different but like the next thing i would look at so basically i've gone well this is what this is what let's take the uh, online butchers for example like the online butchers, there's certain products that Google loves. But just at the moment, they're not getting quite the ROAS they need on them. So I won't tell you what it is, but it's like it's one of the ste- one of the types of stakes, and it's just there's so much online traffic for that type of stake. So like if you can work out how to sell that stake profitably, you're going to do really really well because that's what the, the internet wants. Mm. That's what online wants, right? So that's kind of what I want to know. And then the second thing I'm looking at is and we look at this every week actually we've got a script that runs in every account that pulls off high impression products with low click-through rate because these are the products that again google has a lot of a lot of um uh, impression share for so like a lot of people are searching for them on google we're coming up on the impressions but we've got a low click-through rate and a low click-through rate on those products will massively impact the cost per click we will pay on that product because the Google's when when Bing, when Yahoo search came out basically they put anybody at the top who who um, bid more who, who paid the most who, who bid the most yeah so whoever had the highest bid was at the top Google's different they said look we want to get obviously want to get as much money out of the advertisers as possible but we want to also make sure that the searchers get the best search result as possible so they, they had a blended um what what's called kind of quality score which isn't really used anymore but they basically it was like how much people clicked on that product affected how much your cost per click was for you so if you've got a really low cost per click on a um one of your products, maybe it's a vase, then in the same space, someone who's got a much higher cost per click, uh, sorry, uh, someone who's got a much higher click-through rate will pay a lower cost per click because Google wants to promote the products that, that people want to click on. And so if we look at the report every week of high impression but low click-through rate products, we can then, you know, maybe the top 10%, highlight those and go, well, why is that? Why is it getting a low click-through rate? Is it the image? Can we change the image? Can we change the product title? Do we, you know, what, what, if I do a search for that product on Google as a consumer, what comes up? And you'll start to see things like, well, the top ones at the top tend to always use this kind of photo and this kind of uh, a, a title, and this is what they're doing, and this is why they seem to be at the top. And they've all got review stars on. They've all got more than 20 review stars on. We haven't got any review stars. And so you start to see what you can do to improve the click-through rate. Because consumers will just click on what's at the top, but they'll click on the ones at the top that, that they want to click on the most, and you want to be one of those because it's going to massively affect your click-through rate, and it's going to massively affect your cost per click, which is then going to dictate 
what? So you, you so you said there was two. There was two things that you said you looked at every week when you're running Google Shopping accounts. So the first one was 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 products in the feed that had a high impression share but a low click through, and then the second one was the products that had a high click through but a low conversion rate. Would you say yeah? Yeah. So it's the second one is high clicks. Yeah. Uh, products that are getting high clicks but low conversion rate. Yeah. So. If you optimize those two, first of all, products that to increase the click-through rate, that's one thing, the top 10% each week, and the products that are getting high clicks but low conversion rate, and you optimize those. And it's slightly different things because the ones that the click-through rate is obviously everything that's shown in Google because, you know, the image, the title, maybe the description, that's all you can change. But for products that have high clicks but low conversion rate, that's more product page stuff. So what are you doing on the product page? on those products. Why is that not converting? How can we improve the conversion rate on the product page? Can we put a better offer on there? Can we communicate, you know, um, you know do the market square test? What's everybody else offering in terms of delivery and speed and mm. those kind of things? Are we being clear about it? So it's all those things, but particularly focused around those products where you're getting high clicks because Google will tend to push products that it likes. And, and, and what's confusing sometimes is you'll look at those products that it's pushing and you'll go, well, I don't know why it's pushing this because it's got a lower click-through rate than the other products. But it, you can't compare product A to product B really in terms of click-through rate because it's going to be coming up for different search terms. And different search terms will have like a different benchmark for click-through rate. So like, let's say it's this blue vase. Like for blue vases, maybe the average click-through rate for that product is 0.8%, right? And so you've got a click-through rate of 0.6. Uh, maybe you've got a click-through rate of 1, right? So Google goes, oh, for that category of blue vases, their click-through rate is 1. So I'm going to push that really hard because people obviously want to click on it. Then you look at something like a um, maybe a cushion, like a, a blue and striped cushion. And on that for Google, the average click-through rate is 0.4 for Google, right? 0.4, and your click-through rate is 0.6. And so you go, well, that doesn't make sense. That's got 0.6 click-through rate. My other product's got 1% click-through rate, and, you know, and it's getting really better. It's doing really well. But actually, for that cushion, it's actually getting more impressions than the blue bars. So it's independent of the products, really. It's more about what search terms are coming up and the benchmark for their click-through. And I probably lost a lot yeah, of people, well, there, to be honest. Maybe, even I drifted off yeah. there. I know your brother. Yeah. And I know what you're talking about. So, but you know what? But just, just from a, can I, sim let me give you a simple rule. Well, I was going to give. Like, I would, look at the average oh, click-through rate. Say, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the act. Look at the average click-through rate. This is the simple rule. I look at the average click-through rate for the account, and look at the products that have lower than the average click-through rate but have high impressions, and I try and prove those. And that that's something you okay. That's easy to do. Okay, you know what I was gonna you know, I was gonna yeah. come back with the with the hard hitting response, and I was gonna say what the what? biggest mistake I see people making in Google Shopping accounts or AdWords in general. The biggest mistake for Google AdWords is that they have a fixed budget over a month, and the second biggest mistake is that they the reporting is done retrospectively. 
So they only look at the end mm. of the month. That, they're the biggest mistakes. So the first one is yeah. you've got a fixed budget, which is why it's ridiculous. It should be based on the lowest new customer ROAS you're comfortable. So Mark and I, we don't care yeah. how much revenue Google Shopping says it's brought in. We don't care. We care about how many new customers it's brought in. So that's the first thing. So we're setting the new customer ROAS accordingly. And the second thing is, do not look at it at the end of the month and go, oh, our new customer ROAS this month was 20. And the lowest we're happy with would be five. Well, you can't do anything about it. The equivalent for that would be you've got a shop on the high street, you shut the door like from 11 o'clock in the morning onwards and you've got customers outside waving $50 notes in your face trying to get in, but they can't because the door's shut. What's interesting is that like some of our really big clients who are like FTSE, you know, big million, billion clients, huge, they have the corporate mindset where they go, this is how much we're going to spend on Google in the month of December and I'll plan it out on a budget. And then we can't spend any more than that. And it's very frustrating because it's also an opportunity for a smaller player because a smaller player can react to the market and kind of go and buy customers when they're cheap and not when, not when mm. they're expensive. So like, let's say, I mean, they do try and do it a bit, They'll kind of go, oh, well, we'll spend five grand that month because it's a quiet month. And then when we go to busy, we'll do 10 grand. And, you know, it's like it's you don't know what's going to happen. You've got to be much more reactive. It's better to have a pot for the year and say, let's try and spend and this I think, in the best and generally, way we can. Generally, it, it, you have to be willing to spend more when the market wants it. And that's like, it's very difficult mm. to convince somebody to buy something if they don't want it. So like the classic example is a barbecue. Like you try and sell a barbecue in, mm. in cold winter British months. Nobody wants it. So if you try and get people to buy a barbecue, then like your cost per acquisition is going to be like treble what it would be in the summer months. You do see, you do see that in um, seasonal businesses, ones that are, are seasonal, but not that extreme. They'll make the big mistake of trying to spend too much in their down months. And they'll try and they'll, they'll let the ROAS go really low just to kind of keep going. Because I'm trying to cling you on. That's what they need to do. And if, if I, I and, see, and they say and to, you see brands yeah. do this and you can't, and I sort of cringe. I saw somebody trying to sell outdoor garden pizza, you know, ovens. In, you know, on, on like in January, and I was like, oh my God, you know, someone's really stressed out in that e-commerce business because they've not got the sales mm. and they're trying to get people to buy them and, the, you know, in the cold January, and I was like, that's yeah. not going to happen. Good luck. And the, the way I say to them is I make an even more extreme example and I'll say, what would you be doing if you were sold Christmas trees? And then they go, well, there's no point trying to sell Christmas trees in August, is there? You know, like it becomes yeah. very stark. Do you know what they should do? And they go, right. Do you know what they should do? Go on mm. bloody holiday. Go on a skiing holiday. Relax. Yeah. And just enjoy yourself. Um, because yeah. you're just going to, you just, you, if you're trying to sell outdoor pizza ovens in your January, February cold months in the UK, you're just going to get very stressed and you're going to lose a lot of money. Go on holiday and relax. Yeah. Yeah. 
and have a nice time. Yeah. But the, you, the thing is with those kind of businesses, like you can sell them by the email list if to your known customers and say, yeah. like, clear and sell, those kind of some people. You it's can true. do it. Yeah. Very difficult to recruit from paid for the first time. Yeah. A, people aren't looking. B, the cost per click is going to be really high because everybody's trying to get that, that one customer that's left that's trying to buy a pizza oven in the middle of winter and see if they're not going to convert because they're probably looking at, at what they might do in the summer, you know? So they were doing research. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm just looking at what we what notes we wrote down. Um, so, yeah, so we, we had to analyze the categories we've been through, different margins, how to think about that, how to split them up, when to split them up, when not to. Um, the order of Google, we've been through that, what we'd use Google Shopping first. Um, what recruitment products are, which ones are, which ones you might want to pull from the feed. We've done that. Um, work out what big products are for Google. We've gone through that. And we've gone through, look at high impression products because the click-through rate massively affects the cost per click. So I think we're done, Ian. Yeah, we did. We went quite deep. You know what you can do? Well, you can use my can... Uh, my little statement there that you know the biggest mistake people make in their Google AdWords account is that they have a fixed budget and they retrospectively... Um, look at the reporting at the end of the month. I think you can use, you can lead with that and you can end with that. That could be yeah. your little snippet on LinkedIn. Yeah. Get ChatGBT to pull out. I tried to get ChatGBT, I gave it the transcript and I tried to get it to pull out the most interesting clips of the podcast. And <laughs> either there was no interesting clips in the podcast at all or the ones it pulled out were just dull. I was like, right, still not there. Can't do it. No. I should keep trying. Yeah. Anyway, Ian, I've had to let go. Yeah, indeed. Thanks, Mark. All right. Cheerio. Thank you very much. Bye bye.